oftentimes we only keep things secret or not secret, but it's just raw places in us, right? And it feels raw in a way, but um, it's good to, like Tommy was saying, we don't just declare things just to declare, like we really believe things are happening, that God is hearing us, that things are fleeing, that we have that authority, and he meets us in those places that we open up, right? And he, he just douses us with reminders of who he is. And I think it's so important in the in our journeys with God, each one of us, you know, no matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord, that that we remember this, that, it, you know, all throughout our journey with God, at least in my experience in the past 20 years or so, that there have been so many, you know, mountains and valleys, mountains and valleys where, you know, the mountaintop of joy and experiencing God's presence all the time and just wow, fulfillment. And then the valleys where it looks like things are dry and it feels like it doesn't feel like <laughs> the best oasis spot. It feels dry. But then it's in those moments that we learn to drink deep from the spirit and we we deep uh, we have options right we can learn to drink deep or we run <laughs> you know run into our hopelessness or run into our barrenness or run into the lie because sometimes it does feel easier that way right sometimes it does feel easier like uh, when this happened just the other day I was like god like it feels very easy in my mind right now to just say you know what forget it <laughs> you know this is just too hard and why why does life have to be hard like this why does it have to be you know in their journey with trusting God and walking with him why does it have to be hard but it's the scripture that Stu read God is producing something in us far beyond what we even understand at this moment and I when I look back on my life, when I think about even the time that I had chikungunya and I didn't know the end, I didn't know that I was going to be healed. I, I dipped into such depression. I wanted to die. Like, and, I, and I questioned, God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen to, to me? When are you going to heal me? Is this going to be a lifelong thing? And now looking back, that season was one of the most precious seasons I had with the Lord, a year and a half. One of the most intimate times where I learned probably some of the mo the deepest things I did about who God is in relation to me <laughs> and me in relation to him and it, it usually we can only see that looking back and as you grow in the Lord as we mature in the Lord we we come upon these hard places in our lives and we can say okay <laughs> either I'm going back to what I did before where I was like oh woe is me, depression and like darkness and let me just hide in a hole. Or I can say, this sucks, okay, being very real. This is not fun, but I know, I know who God is. I know that he's good. And if this is taking place, he is going to produce something beautiful in the end. It will produce something much bigger. And and part of the message today, I'm not going to go fully into it because there was a lot here, and I think we had a lot come out today, but part of it was about this, you know, what is it to walk as a believer, the natural mind versus the spiritual mind, and we'll get into this more in the coming weeks because there's a lot here, but it starts at what we've been talking about even in our small groups, you know, what is coming to know Christ? What is the gospel? 
And so many times <laughs> our gospel is, you know, I, I saw this analogy once, and this really impacted me. You know, I was out at IHOP, and this preacher did it, and it was very simple. It was two times. <laughs> and he said, our Christianity is like, this is my life. This is the life of Christ. And our gospel is we say, okay, I'm going to invite Jesus into my life, <laughs> which means it's an add-on. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to have Bible study. I'm going to go to do all these things, and I've added Jesus into my life. And he said, this is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. This is my life. This is the life of Christ. I get saved. My life is now gone, and I have a new, brand-new life in Christ where I am fully his, everything that I am. He is now my Lord and Savior. I am submitted to his way. My way is gone. I'm dead to the old way. I'm dead to doing my stuff. That's not even who I am anymore. I have a new life in Christ, and now everything that I am is given to his plans and purposes because I recognize, number one, that he's creator of the universe. He is God over all the earth. He's seated on a throne in heaven forever in first place. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He's in heaven ruling and reigning forever. And in second place, he loved us so much that he gave his son so that I could have his new life and get rid of the old life. Living both lives together is miserable. There is constant contention one against the other. There's a constant battle. The invitation in the gospel is to throw away that old life to say, heck, get rid of this junk that I've been living in where there is hopelessness, where there is depression, where there is constant anxiety and no hope to get out of it. And I'm taking on this new life that Christ has purchased for me by the cross that I don't have to live that way anymore no matter my circumstances. And that's the key part here is that no matter the circumstances, I have a new life in Christ. I remember shortly after I got healed from chikungunya, I think Tommy, we were together too. We were just friends at the time and we went out to eat at Common Man. It was a restaurant in New Hampshire. And this waitress, we got in a conversation with our waitress, and she, I somehow, I, I was recently healed, I think, because I ended up just saying, yeah, I've just been healed of this disease. I was in a wheelchair, and they said I would never walk again, and, and here I am. And she said, well, I don't understand that. I have cancer or some sickness in my body. Ian was there too, okay. Well, look at that. The crew's all here. So we were there, and she said, well, I don't understand why God, why there's sickness in the world, and why, you know, why would, if God is so good, why would there be sickness? And I had this huge smile on my face, and I said, no, God didn't come just to take away sickness. He does. But that in the midst of our trial and pain, we can have hope, <laughs> we can have peace, we can have joy, because he surpasses our circumstances. That's why Paul said, whether I have a lot or I have nothing, I have found how to be content in all 
things, in all things, it's Christ, it's in Christ that's saying no matter what my circumstances, if I'm having a bad day or if there's a promise that I believe God's given me that has yet to be fulfilled and in the natural world I would get angry or frustrated or be sad or whatever the emotion that comes out, in Christ, in Christ and in my new life in Christ, I have access to peace, full access to peace. I have full access to hope, foolishly, what looks like in the world's eye, foolishly in a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what I could ever ask, dream, or imagine, and he is good. He's good, and his goodness has been infused in my soul, so much so that when these difficult situations, just natural, like the world is falling apart, that's part of what the world is. It's natural. It wasn't meant to live on forever and ever and ever. The natural world is fading away, and every day we face circumstances in the natural world that are broken. The difference is we have a God living inside of us by his spirit that the fruit of that spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. It bubbles up from the spirit of God inside of us no matter what our circumstances are. We have hope. We have peace. That's what he's purchased for us. But it's time to throw out the old life. You can't live both together. You will be in constant, constant warfare one against the other. That's what Paul said in Romans 7. He said there's this constant battle against the flesh and the spirit, right? Well, throw out that old man. You have a new man in Christ and tap into the spirit of God inside of you and what he's purchased for you. We're not speaking in natural terms. We're speaking with spiritual words. And that's what that's what 1 Corinthians 2, Paul, this is one of his early letters, right? So an early church, a church that was mixed with both Gentile and Jew, so there was the Jewish people who had, who had thought that it was all about rules and following all these rules. And then the Gentiles knew none of those rules. And they were still having some of the culture, you know, influencing their lives and influencing the church. And Paul comes in to bring some clarity. And I, I just want to read some from chapter 2 because it's amazing to me that this was one of his early letters to a newer church. You know, they, they ca categorize his letters early, middle, and later. And those are in progression of the stability of that church. So his early letters were focused on the gospel, grounding people in the gospel truths. And, and 1 Corinthians was one of his earlier letters. But listen to what he says in verse 1. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with you s with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not with persu persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. 
we're not gathered here together to to talk intellectually <laughs> about scripture we believe in the power of god the that christ and him crucified produces something in us that the world cannot and will never be able to give and that is our message that is the message that we need infused in ourselves so that it comes out of us and every place it will sound like foolishness that's what paul's saying i didn't come to try to convince you of something with persuasive words i had one message christ and him crucified and when you receive revelation of the work of the cross that becomes the most powerful message you could preach and no wonder when you have revelation of it that you would be saying it over and over and over again do you remember, do you know what Christ has done for us, the new life that he's paid for us? You have full access to this life. Throw away that other junk, the way that we've been living. It's not us. It's never meant to be. That's nailed to the cross, and we have a new resurrected life in Christ because of what he's done. That is the power of what Paul was talking about, that our faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God, that our message would be Christ has transformed us from the inside out. What man could not do, he did by the cross, by the cross. And he says, we do speak wisdom among, among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom, the his hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they did, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 10, for to us God revealed them through the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the depths of of God. Verse 12, now we have not, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. That's the key verse right there. Verse 12. Okay, I'm going to read it again. We, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. We've received the spirit of God so that we might know what has been freely given to us by God. I'll say it again. We've not received the spirit of the world. We've received the spirit of God. Why? So that we might know what has been freely given to us by God. <laughs> that is access full access. We have the Spirit of God inside of us testifying that we have full access to, the, to every promise, like we've been saying every week. Every promise in, in him is yes, and we give the amen, right? Because the Spirit of God's testifying in us that it is amen. It's been freely given to us because of the cross of Jesus, not by any works that any of us could ever do. Uh, let me get, <laughs> I just, I can't get enough of this, guys. It's not like, 
I'm going to take this to a personal level. Uh, me not getting pregnant or me and Tommy not getting pregnant is not, be, we couldn't do things. Oh, God, let, let's be better for God so that he will shine his face upon us so that he might bless us with a child. Oh, why is it? No, guys, that is like such a twisted way of thinking. He's good. He's good. You don't have to beg God. You don't have to try to do something to earn his attention or earn his love. He's given it to us freely. And when we have revelation of that, we can stand on that truth. It's steady. It's a firm foundation. We stand on that rock bed of truth. And then we declare to our circumstances, no, God has given me every single promise and blessing, and I receive it freely by faith, by the Holy Spirit inside of me, and I will not be wavered. I will not be wavered by my circumstances. I will not be wavered by the things that come in and out of my life because I have a firm bedrock of faith in a good God who's given me everything freely through his son. And when, when our enemy, he is an enemy, guys. He's, that's why we're, we're, ex we're exposing him for what he is. He is an enemy of our soul who hates us, who lies to us, who tries to keep us in bondage by the constant things in our minds, the attack on our soul. That is the enemy. And we have this truth in God, this firm foundation in his word. No, I'm marked by the spirit of the living God, and it's constant. Constantly testifying in me that God has given me everything freely through his son because of the work of Jesus on the cross. So that liar can go to hell. That anxiety can go to hell. That hopelessness can go to hell because I have a hope in Jesus. I have peace in Jesus. I have a promise in the Son, and he is faithful. He will always be faithful. He's true to his word. And this is where we're going as a body, as a church. We are equipping ourselves. We're equipping this body to ground ourselves, to plant our feet deep in his love, deep in these truths, deep in the gospel, that we would be immovable in that day. We would be steadfast in that day. We would not be easily shaken in a day of trouble, but that the world would see a steady church, a steady bride, that when the world is falling apart like it is, they see us grounded, steady with a hope that it is faithless. It never weakens. That stands out in the world. When everyone around you is depressed and anxious and hopeless, I really believe what Joe said about what Kate brought up is so true, so profound. She's dealing with something in the spiritual realm since she got here. It's affecting her personally, and she's going to deal with it, and it's going to have breakthrough not only for herself, but for a region and for a state. Guys, maybe the thing that you're standing for, maybe maybe what we're standing for, for, for fruitfulness and families is something over the state that God is allowing us to tap into so that we might break it. Maybe if you have hopelessness and it feels overwhelming, maybe it's an invitation 
from God for you to stand from that place of feeling hopeless to declare the truth, not only for yourself, but for a region over the spiritual atmosphere of a place. That's what he's inviting us into. Guys, our battles are not just for ourselves. We're warring for freedom for many. It's a bigger picture. We've got to let our eyes see bigger. And when we do, sometimes it makes it a little easier to say, whoa, God's allowing me to be under this attack so I can wage war with him for many for myself, for a generation, for a state. Whoa, whoa, he's invited me into that partnership with him. Does it feel fun? Not always, guys. I'm not saying that you won't, uh, you'll just always be happy-go-lucky. I mean, the emotions, right? You saw me weeping up here. I cried in Sorry, even and Cassie are staying, but last night I went to bed sobbing, right? The real pain. But then I think, whoa, but God, God, I know you don't disappoint. I know you're faithful to your promises. Like, I know that. So come into alignment, Wesley. Come into alignment and declare it over the state because it's not only a, a, a natural barrenness or a natural uh, uh, yeah, lack of being able to produce family, but that's also a spiritual reality. It's natural and spiritual in the sense that we are breaking barrenness over the land spiritually, which will affect the natural realm. It will affect the natural realm. When you tap into something spiritually, it will break in the natural realm, and we will see shifts. And I, and I just want to encourage everyone, this is what he's inviting us into. Christ crucified. That is our bedrock. Christ crucified. It is his word. It is truth, and it will cause us to be immovable in our faith that no matter what storm might come. Remember this, the parable that Jesus said. He told his disciples, those who build their houses on the sand, the storms came and it fell. Those who built their homes on the rock, on the rock wind and storms came and it did not fall. It did not fall. The truth is that the storm came for both houses, guys. <laughs> it didn't just come for the one that was building their house on the sand. The, the storm came for both houses. The storm came for those who built on the rock, and the storm came for those who built on the sand. The difference was that one stood. One stood despite the storm. And that's what Christ has purchased for us, this new life where we can stand and choose to have hope, choose to receive. I'm going to just read the scripture one more time. 1 Corinthians 2:12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. And I'm just going to read it and amplify. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, Thank God, right? But the Holy Spirit, who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Freely and lavishly. Guys, this is our Father. This is our God. 
It's true, no matter what our circumstances, he lavishes his love on us. He lavishes his goodness on us. And, and, and I just want to encourage you that possibly and very likely your trial or whatever you might be facing, I believe that word was so, it was for many in this room, that you might be standing for a region. And you're going to, when something breaks, when you stand and you break that thing for yourself, it's breaking. It's going to break for many others. It's going to break over the state. And that's the work of the church, guys. That's what we're here for. That's what, we're, what we've been redeemed for, to bring, to, ac- to bring this access to the world, to bring that breakthrough into the world. That's what, that's what we're here for. That's what we're doing. That's why we gather on Sundays, right? We're here to just break. <laughs> we're going to break through. And then we're going to see many, many, many come into the fruitfulness that we labored for. Hey, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be so wonderful that we labor for some fruit. We plant, we sow, we labor for fruit, and many come and eat of the fruit. Many are going to come to this table, enjoy all the fruit, and we will be so joyful as a community to say, come and eat. We won't be like, wow, you weren't here for the labor. No, we're like, come and eat. Look how much food we have, right? That's why each person is in this body. We're laboring together for fruit, and it's a fruit that will remain, and many will eat of that fruit in this state. So, Father, I just want to ask right now, God, we glorify you. We thank you for who you are. You're awesome, God. And I just pray, Lord, for each one in this body, in this family, God, that you would infuse us with your hope. You would infuse us with truth, God. You would infuse us with joy, peace that passes our understanding. Father, I pray that you would infuse us with your eyes, that we have spiritual minds and spiritual thoughts that begin to comprehend the season that we're both individually living and corporately in right now. Father, that every that we would begin to understand, Holy Spirit, help us to understand that whatever we're facing, whatever spiritual oppressor we're facing, that we are breaking it for a region. I pray, God, that you would give us vision for something bigger than ourselves, something greater than ourselves. God, for a state that would be filled with people being set free from anxiety and hopelessness and lies and barrenness and and depression. God, that a whole company, a whole generation of people in the state of Maine will be set free from what is burdening them and what is holding them captive. We just stand here together. Guys, just stand. Let's just stand. We declare this today as a body of believers. We believe. We believe that our God is the God of the breakthrough, and we command it over Maine. We command a breaking off of hopelessness in Jesus' name. We break the spirit of hopelessness that is pervasive in the state of Maine. We break it right now in Jesus' name, and we loose the hope of God over the state of Maine right now in Jesus' name, that hearts would be pumped with the hope of God, would be infused with the hope of God. Right now we stand in the, the work of Jesus, and we tell anxiety to
with one voice we break the spirit of anxiety over the state of Maine in Jesus' name. And we loose the peace of God that breaks. We loose the peace of God that passes understanding right now in Jesus' name. Right now we stand and we declare that the lying spirit over the state of Maine, you have to go in Jesus' name. And we as a body of believers, of sons and daughters, we loose the spirit of truth over the state of Maine. A spirit that will lead us into truth. A spirit that will lead many into truth. We declare it right now in Jesus' name. And as a body of believers, of sons and daughters who are standing on the bedrock of Jesus Christ and Christ crucified, we declare that a spirit of barrenness, you have to go in Jesus' name. And we declare over the state of Maine that this is a season of fruitfulness, of bearing fruit in the natural and in the spiritual realm, outside the church and inside the church, that many would bear fruit in this season. We command it right now. We open up the heavens and say, bear fruit, Maine. Bear fruit, every family, every spiritual family in Jesus' name. We declare it today that there be an outpouring over the state of Maine in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. We stand in truth today. We stand believing in a God of hope who does not disappoint. You are a God of hope, and we declare it over the state. We declare it as a body of believers over the state. A body of believers, those who have chosen to believe in the power of the work of the cross. That work that is finished. We just thank you for in Jesus' name. I know we're going over, but if anyone has a prayer that you want to just loose over Maine today, we're just going to take a couple more minutes. If not, no worries. worship you, God. We magnify you. We thank you, God. We glorify you. The name that is above every other name. You have no rival. You have no equal. <laughs> God, you are awesome. Just give him glory. Lord, we thank you. You're awesome. You're wonderful, Jesus. We praise you today. We exalt you. We magnify all that you are, King of kings and Lord of lords. You are high above it all. You're seated on a throne forever and ever and ever, ruling and reigning. And we thank you for it, God. We extol you today. We magnify you today. We, we give you our worship. We give you our praise. We give you our lives. And we take on that new life today that you've purchased for us. You've freely given it all in Christ Jesus' son. And we receive it today. We receive the fullness. We receive the fullness. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.